eyes peeled, everyone. It's time for the full 10 Yards College Football Podcast. Hello and welcome to the full 10 Yards College Football Podcast. We're back after what was a bit of an interesting uh, bowl game week and championship week, uh, sort of semi-final week, should I say. And that's what we're going to be discussing this evening, mainly going to be focusing on the championships. Um, so, Liam, step up. Obviously, you called it right. We'll talk about Notre Dame, Alabama first, but you're the only one that had faith in Ohio State. You're the king of the podcast now. Uh, did Ohio State <laughs> win? <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> the best... Yeah, the the best thing about it is that they won how I thought they would win, how what they needed to do to win. So I guess Coach Day listens. How are you, Coach? <laughs> he obviously is listening. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully he does listen. Um, but anyway, let, we'll we'll come on to that game later on. We'll go in chronological order. We'll start with Alabama Notre Dame. Yeah, you're wincing, Rob. I'll come to you first, obviously, as our resident Notre Dame fan. Um, how did it go? Um, I, I was disappointed, not with our performance, but I I think we left so many points on the field. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, yeah, just get, you might as well get straight into it. I mean, it was a game where Alabama got ahead, but we didn't let them get too far ahead. That, that mm. was key. Uh, it could have been. It, it was the game was lost in the third quarter. Well, I'd say the last minute of the second quarter, we missed a field goal before half time. That that hurt. And then the third quarter, that interception for me and Book killed it. And I I said said on the group, didn't I? I said this: if we'd have finished that drive or got at least three points from it, we're still in the game. Mm. Interception. Alabama go down the down the other end and score. That puts it to a point where it was then, you know, Bama are getting away with this now. Um, but even then, we we still had chances. And I think we, we, we're going to rue those chances. I mean, it was tough to watch because I think we were still in it. I really do. I genuinely believe we still had a chance, even at 21-7 against Bama or whatever it was, 24-7 or whatever. We still had a chance, and I think even in the fourth quarter, we we had a fourth down that was close uh, to to going in. We had um, opportunities. Uh, Book got sacked in the I think it was the third quarter. Um, we were on the I think the thirty two yard line. Got sacked at the halfway line. It's those things. There was three or four things that if they'd have gone the other way, could have been a different story altogether. Um, and it was so disappointing because we we were in with a shout. We were in with a shout, and I think. I, I I don't know. I, I was I was disappointed with the fact that we were we could have done more with their opportunities and we didn't. And uh, and there we are. We we got beaten by the better team. Let's be let's be honest. Najee Harris is phenomenal. That that jump that was special. Weren't it, Liam? That was a special jump. That was you know so athletic and to to see. To scout him this week as well, like I said to you in our group, I was doing some more scouting for the running backs. Those sorts of plays for me, I mean, that's special. Um, to be as big as he is and to jump over a linebacker <laughs> as easily as he did, um, 
was great to see. Devonta Smith, he's got pencil legs, but man, he's a good receiver. Um, you know, and he, and he, he damaged us. Uh, John Mechie got in the action as well. Yeah, disappointed. I think we we were better than what the score dictated. Um, nonetheless, we lost the game to the better team. Um, but that has affected my 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 thoughts going forward. So we'll, we'll you know, spoiler alert for later on. But um, but yeah, I, I think we was unlucky. Yeah, yeah, I, I can I can see where you're coming from with a lot of that. I think there was some missed opportunities there, and yeah, we talked last week, didn't we, about no shame needing to play the perfect game and. It, yeah, that's it. It just wasn't there. Exactly that. And when to, if we had played the perfect game, had we got the rubber, the green with those two or three things that went wrong, had we you know got the field goal, had we not got the turnover in the third quarter, i.e. had the perfect game, we would have been in. We would have been toe-to-toe and it would have been interesting mm. come the, the last quarter. Because I think we were the better team in the fourth mm. quarter. Yes, I know Alabama probably rested a few players um, in the backside. But nonetheless, we, you know, we, we were still there and we didn't... I think the, the the biggest takeaway was we didn't disgrace ourselves. We didn't let Bama get away. Mm. We didn't look leagues below Bama. Um, and it's just capped off a nice season. Listen, this is the best season that I've seen as a Notre Dame fan. And I've thoroughly enjoyed it. You know, yeah, we got dicked by Clemson last week or two weeks ago. And we got beat by Alabama. You know what? We beat the rest of the field this year and we've looked good doing it. Um, so, yeah. Um, it's been a great season. Uh, Bama were the better team. I'm not going to say they weren't the better team, but we could have made it. We could have made it tighter. Yeah, like you say, no shame in that. And obviously, you got the scalp of Clemson earlier on in the season as well. But um, yeah, as you mentioned him, Devonta Smith. We should mention you, the crowned Heisman winner, first wide receiver since 1991 to take that award. And three, you know, three touchdowns. What was it? 130 yards, seven catches. He was just electric again, wasn't he? And I think. Yeah. The way that they they see Sarkeesian sort of used him and just used his speed out in space and he, you know, was taking swing passes and taking him for touchdowns and things like that. Yeah. He wasn't being asked to do a lot sometimes, but he was just his electric playmaking that was just causing mm. all sorts of problems. And especially when uh, Notre Dame was stacking the box and then he was he was getting the ball in masses of space and he had to beat one man because he gets one good block because of that well drilled. And, you know, you've got wide receivers that are blocking for him and, and setting him up for touchdowns. It's, and he, yeah. he doing the opposite. He blocking yeah. as well for Mechie. Yeah. And there was one play where he literally called the called Mechie over saying, look, I've got this guy. He's an incredible player. Um, and mm. I am desperately looking forward to seeing him next year. Um, but he needs more muscles on his legs. He's got pencil legs. Have you seen them things? He looks like, <laughs> like he's got some twiglets at the bottom of his underneath his bum. Yeah, I, I can't remember whose tweet it was, but someone took a picture of their TV and said, This is the front runner of the Heisman trophy. <laughs> and he just he's gonna like he's gonna like a kid against people in, yeah. the, in the combine, mm. you know. But yeah, he's obviously a fantastic football player, and um, yeah, he's he's been electric this year, kind of um wide receiver one now i guess yeah yeah absolutely and like i mentioned uh Nigel harris fantastic absolutely mm. fantastic yeah absolutely i tried to get a bit of a reaction out of you then mate for wide receiver one are you agreeing with us now look there is still <laughs> only one wide receiver one in this entire draft class and it's jamar chase i don't care how well Devonta Smith has done this season. I'm not going to take away from him. He has had one of the best seasons we've seen by a wide receiver in a long, long time. But when the guy who was second to Jamar Chase on the depth chart, sorry, not Jamar Chase. Yeah, when the guy who was second to Jamar Chase on the depth chart 
is possibly rookie of the year and put up numbers we last saw by Randy Moss in the NFL. Are you mad? That's a two-star recruit. And you don't think Jamar Chase is wide receiver one? You're dizzy. <laughs> He's not played for a year, though, is he? It's recency bias is going to come into it. Neither did Nick Bosa. Mm-hmm. Look how good he did. He took a year out just because he, he... Oh, my knees hurt! Or some... <laughs> Right. Abdomen, but yeah, yeah. Just think though, Jamar Chase. Who did he have throwing the ball to him? The best quarterback, exactly. In, <laughs> in college exactly. And who has Devonta <laughs> Smith had throwing to him? Mac Jones. Exactly. One of the best quarterbacks Alabama has had in recent memory. It's I can not say a that great Andy's, not Andy's not here, innit? <laughs> also, he, he's fast. That's the thing he has. Um, that you find with a lot of Alabama receivers, they get quarterbacks who can just throw it really far and then they just have to take the top off. Jamar Chase beats him in every single regard besides speed. He runs roots better. He cuts better. He's got better double moves. He's got better stunts. He can uh, get off press coverage better. He's basically Devontae Adams without that annoying... Without the annoying what? You went on mute too soon then. Oh, uh... Devontae Adams, every time he breaks a route, he has an annoying little hop, which you're not supposed to do because it can easily get you beat if you're trying to cut inside or outside. Um, but it works for him. It work quite uh, well. Uh, and Jamar Chase is like that, just not as fast. There we have on the podcast, Jamar Chase, Devontae Adams, clone. Straight out of Kieran's mouth. He, I think he's better than Devontae Adams in terms of the way he <laughs> of runs he do. roots and stuff. He runs... No, I'm not, I'm not even just gassing because in the NFL. it's LSU. <laughs> Devontae Adams is not the best root runner in the NFL. Let me just put no, it's King Allen. I was trying to be, you know, trying to not be a homer. Okay, we'll, we'll work on that part. But yeah, Jamar Chase is just... His game is a lot more refined than anyone else I've seen um, in uh, wide receiver in college football in a very long time. He he runs very clean routes. He is very, very smart. The way he plays ball, his body positioning is unreal. So I'm not taking anything away from Devonta Smith. I honestly think he's electric and he's going to be great. He's going to light up the league as long as he goes to a team that's not like, you know, the Jets or the Jags or something. And yeah, but I still think Jamar Chase is just better in every single regard besides speed. We shall see. Liam, anything from you on that Alabama game before we move on to the Clemson-Ohio State game? Not too much more. I just, yeah, I, I, I agree with Rob that no State were well in it for the, the whole game. A bit like the Clemson game, actually. It seemed to be a bit of a negative reaction to their display, but I think that they were just they were just second best and there's no disgrace from that at all. The Alabama just... Uh, just work their game plan, like you mentioned, uh, the offensive game plan and how they use the receivers. Um, yeah, it, it, they just took advantage when they the, the splash plays were well coached and well timed. It just everything. It was enough for them to just keep keep the score up, keep in front. Mm. Yeah, and they were also through to the college football final where they'll face Ohio State, who ran out forty nine to 20, 28 winners against Clemson, obviously causing the upset. Um, and vindicating not an upset <laughs> well in terms of ranking is what I was referring to more than anything um, I mean I'm sure we'll get some discussion out of this but yeah no start us off with, with where you kind of saw this obviously you called this one and you were saying to us before we came on that you thought it was one in the same way that you thought 
that it would be one. Yeah, we touched on it last time when we were uh, saying who we thought was going to win. And uh, I said I'd picked Ohio State. And I picked Ohio State because I thought that they would run more when they had to and then take advantage of what the defence then gave them with Justin Fields and that Fields could then uh, rack up the yards and rack up the points. And they did that. And defensively, I said that it would be one more in the front seven than in the uh, secondary, that if they got into like one of the sort of games that Clemson never know to Dame, like a, a real shootout, that probably wasn't going to be to Ohio State's favour. And it kind of, it the, their front seven was excellent. It really it just, they they really shook up Trevor Lawrence and, and the Clemson offensive game plan. Um, really, really impressive. And they were able to kind of move away and uh, yeah, seven touchdowns on the, the Clemson defense that I said the secondary isn't as good as they've had for a couple of years. And I think that they took advantage of that as well. I think the Ohio State wide receivers have been a little bit underappreciated this year for how good they've been and what they've done. And uh, I think that this will be the, the, the tape now that you put on if you're going to back any of those wide receivers because that was them showing what they're capable of helping Justin Fields get them to a championship game. Yeah, absolutely. I think one thing that stuck out for me is something that you mentioned, Rob, when you were talking about uh, Clemson. In both their losses, obviously, they didn't get Travis Etienne going. Mm. And, uh, you know, like we said, Liam mentioned there, one in the front seven. And if you stop Etienne, Trevor Lawrence can still throw 400 yards, but they've lost the game by a handy margin as well. Yeah. Yeah, that is it. And that is, look, look Ohio State have literally watched the Notre Dame game from November. And I said, okay, how did Notre Dame win this game? Oh, they stopped They stopped Etienne. Okay, we didn't have Trevor Lawrence to deal with, blah, blah, blah. But you stop Etienne, you stop a big portion of that offense. Um, and, you know, me and Liam have been backwards and forwards about this, talking about Etienne. That was one of the knocks for me for Etienne is that he does tend to struggle against the, the tougher teams. But fair play to him. He had a great game against Notre Dame. Uh, and he, in the past, he has had good games against top teams, but he got stopped again this, this time. Um, I don't know. It, it's That is how you beat Clemson. And that's, that's how they did it. Fair play to Ohio State. And um, I will just say that in in the college pickums that we, we've done, um, I did have a higher state. I changed my mind. I did put a higher state in. So actually, I, I'm, I'm actually going to grab hold of Liam's coattails on this one a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Kieran. Um, yeah, I just want to say shout out to Justin Fields because this was an incredible game played by him. Six touchdowns against Clemson is not been done for a whole year. So that's like... You know, when you throw six touchdowns against Clemson, that's good quarterback play, especially after can what only be described as uh, as harrowing performance against Northwestern, uh, a smaller team which he looked to kind of struggle against, honestly. But he, you know, he really stepped up in this game. Trey Sermon as well. Let's not let's give a shout out to him, an incredible running back who's gone through a lot of trouble in his life to get to where he is now, and he played out of his damn mind, 193 yards. I know they gave him the ball 31 times. It was sort of like Adrian Peterson when he was uh, drafted by Vikings. He really helped turn this team around. Uh, he did He did great though. And I want to give a shout out to Chris Olav as well, who took two touchdowns, 132 yards. I know he looks like the weekend, but this guy can play ball. <laughs> He's absolutely amazing. Um, look, I hate Ohio State. That's that's no secret around here. I've... I've I, 
my feelings have been made perfectly clear, but they couldn't have played a better game. They played out of their damn minds. Everyone did their job on this team. Trevor Lawrence looked like he'd never played football before. He was flapping. They had him under so much pressure. He was going to come out tender. Like when I cook my chicken in the pressure cooker, it looked amazing. Um, but yeah, Ohio State played amazing. That, that's all I can really say about this. I'm not going to big them up too much because people might think I like them. But if you if you want to see how to beat a top team like Clemson, this is the way to do it. I don't mm. think anyone's going to argue with the fact that this is probably the best performance Ohio State have had in recent years, especially after their game last year against Clemson. Mm. Yeah, running game and efficiency, right? Because Justin Fields only uh, didn't hit his target six times. Um, so your super efficient game from him. Yeah, this was um, reminding me of when uh, of LSU winning the title against Trevor Lawrence last year. It's how to beat Trevor Lawrence is just to get him rattled. And towards the end of the fourth quarter, he was just trying to win the game on his own. You could see um, Dabo having a chat with him on the sideline, I think literally just telling him he's trying to do too much. And he was trying to do too much in uh, trying to trying to get them back in it. Um Shout out to Ryan Day and the coaching staff of Ohio State because um, ever since uh, Urban Meyer left uh, the Buckeyes and um, NFL fans will know uh, how many uh, jobs in the pro leagues Meyer's been linked with now. Um, Ryan Day took over having worked under him and ever since he's been really, really good as a head coach. He's been as good as they could possibly have hoped for. He came within one drive of last year's championship now has beaten what was a really strong Clemson team and had a really good season this season and back in another championship. Um, yeah, Ryan Day's been awesome. Really, really good. Yeah, just a point I wanted to make. Um, Justin Fields had six touchdown passes. Does anyone know how many incompletions he had? Yeah, six. I just mentioned it a minute ago. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's, that's my internet cutting out. But yeah, it, 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 it might be... Look, if this was a normal season and this happened and maybe he was being looked at more seriously as a Heisman candidate, if you wanted a Heisman moment, this is it. This is the quintessential Justin Fields performance. And say what you want about Ohio State QBs going to the league or whatever. This is a game you can look back at and say, dude's mustard. And he, he can very potentially be a very good pro quarterback. So, yeah, like, look, he, he had to silence doubters after that Northwestern performance. Uh, you know, I, lo- I love seeing him play bad as much as anyone, uh, but he really did silence the doubters with this performance. It was absolutely phenomenal. And I think if he plays like that in the final against a very, very good Alabama team, may I add, then I, I think he's just going to put a stamp on it and maybe puts himself above Tre- Trevor Lawrence in uh the draft order because it is a you know he's played out of his damn mind uh yeah it was just good to watch him frustrate Dabo as well because that guy says a lot <laughs> of stupid stuff and it was good to see him you know like I said flap on the sidelines mm, like rating Ohio State 11th overall right uh, no, I agreed with that. He was, <laughs> yeah. he, was well, he was well within his rights to say that. They'd only played five games at that point. And if you want to rank a team that's played five games above a team that's 9-0, and then that's your business. Just to uh, to what uh, Kieran's saying about Justin Fields, I think this is the game that 
Samed Simmers, a top two quarterback in the draft. We'll, we'll get onto an, an Ask Scouting podcast when we come to the quarterback episode, but it's been a lot of talk about who is QB2 behind Lawrence, and some people were starting to put other names above Fields. That Justin Fields is, is a serious talent, and, and that game was a really, really big big one for him. And uh, we mentioned it uh, last time that up to this point, um, Trevor Lawrence had only lost one game in college. He's lost two now, and there is a quarterback in college that has only one loss to his college career now, and that's Justin Fields. He's only lost once. Hmm. We'll see how that record stands up next week. But something that you've kind of brought us on nice to, Liam, something that I was mentioning after the in the Northwestern game, there seemed to be a lot of overreaction on social media to the Northwestern game, especially when the Jags moved up into the first position of the draft. And um, considering that Justin Fields was pretty much locked into that position, especially you know, the week before, or even like the Friday before that game, it seemed like the first three picks of the draft were almost locked in at that point when the Bengals were put, was you know in the third position. Um, people were saying it was Lawrence to the Jets, Fields to the Jags, and then Penisal to the Bengals, even though you know that's not the draft order now. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh well, Sam Darnold can can be the Jets quarterback, and let's draft Penisal. But I just thought, where's that come from? Because you can't like nail him on for a quarterback and then be like, well. So we were saying that Sam Donald's brilliant now and Justin Fields is They're, basic, what, they're basically know. ranking it as Lawrence Donald Fields, aren't they? They've yeah. Kind of Trevor Lawrence keeps Sam Donald, <laughs> which I actually kind of agree with. I know we've talked about this. We did our mock and I gave the Jets Penny Suel because I wanted to carry on the operation of saving Sam Donald. Um, yeah, we're going to find out, aren't we, what the Jets hmm. really think of Donald when it comes to the draft that would be fascinating if they go quarterback and it isn't Trevor Lawrence we we really need to do another mock draft <laughs> mm. yeah yeah we do maybe next how week. far did the Bengals fall in the end they're five, with the five or six pick five yeah, yeah that's crazy it's kind of like Atlanta playing themselves out of Chase Young last year and ending up with like the ninth pick or whatever when mm. if they just lost one game towards the end of the season they would have picked second or something like that I can't remember exactly what it was but yeah, they played themselves out of Chase Young and then the Giants are exactly the same, didn't they, by beating Washington. Um, oh, all these useless wins. And I'm glad that, you know, I can always leave the NFL to the other guys, but, you know, I'm yeah, glad that our we'll, useless wins didn't cost us... Uh, we can we can get up. into it when, like Rob says, our next mock draft, we can get into draft order. Hmm. Yeah, it, it just struck me as a bit of an overreaction to one game and the draft order changed. Defin- yeah, definitely. Funny. Um, there's a lot of group thing going on, I feel, uh, around the Twitter sphere. But um, yeah, like I say, I think Ohio State deserved it. I think, like we've said, um, Olave played really well. Sermon, excellent. You know, and we didn't mention it. I think Kieran mentioned his 300, uh, sorry, 300. I great game. Uh, 193 rushing yards. We also had a, a bunch on the ground. So I think 60 odd um, on the, in through the air, sorry. So, so um, yeah, all round game from him. And, you know, we were talking about uh, Sermon and Master Teague, weren't we, not too long ago. And Sermon over the past few weeks has really, really risen to the top. So, Interesting yeah. how that shakes itself out. Obviously, yeah, Rob, you were you were mentioning that, weren't you? Yeah, yeah it's um, going for them running backs. Is it, it, Trey Sermon's given me the biggest headache, to be honest? Um, because yeah, three weeks ago, I just sort of said day three, sort of round five, six pick, um, a guy that can come in and sit and learn. Last three weeks, he's he's looked like the best running back in college football. Mm. <laughs> you know, against tough defenses. What the hell is that all about? So, you know, against Northwestern, who's got, you know, one of the best linebacking core in in the country, especially against the run. He looked 
lights out the best player on the field against Clemson, who have got a fantastic, you know, defensive line, defensive seven. He looked fantastic. So he's really given me a headache, actually. Mm. You'll, you'll hear about it tomorrow on our scouting podcast. But again, props to High State. They knew that against those Northwestern linebackers, their O-line would uh, would take over and get the get the ball ran easier. Um, yep. Sermons, uh, like when he was a, a freshman Oklahoma, and I think uh, Baker Mayfield was still there, he was great. And he's kind of like dipped, and now he's uh, kind of looks like he's found an offense that can get the best out of him. Um, and going back to the the kind of having him and Teague in the backfield, um, I think Ohio State have ended up playing it really well because it looks like Teague is going to is getting saved for next year, which is exactly kind of what I want because I really like Master Teague. And I know we've talked yeah. about this before, having the two really? of them there. I was a bit worried for him when Sermon uh, transferred there. They've ended no, up playing it really well. I think they've, and I think this is done completely on purpose. I think that yeah. Trey Sermon's had the right. I, I know Teague's probably he, he he got knocked in there a couple of weeks ago, but I think they've, you know, they've absolutely stuck Sermon in. Here you go. Here's your chance. Here's the big yeah. stage. Here's your, your your Big Ten championship final. Here's your you know your college playoff final. Go prove yourself. Go prove to the world to the scouts yeah. that you're a day two pick. And he's, yeah, answered, they've, he's answered it. <laughs> yeah, they've like yeah the plans come together. Look, yeah. they've coached it great. They've said, look, if we can get Sermon up and running yep. by like the latter stages of the season, we don't have to lean on Teague. Yeah. We can save him for next year. It's worked out and, perfectly. And like I'll say tomorrow in the scouting podcast because i can predict the future i said that you know that the notch dame uh o-line is is you know is having a complete rehaul similarly with ohio state so it's going to be very interesting to see how kyron williams from notch dame and how master teague from ohio state uh, adjust to a new offensive line and whether they can keep that production up because you know, like like you've said and like i said before master teague is one of my favorites um you know, it'd be, I, I don't know whether it's confirmed that he's going back. Is it? Is it confirmed? Because I know he was, he's on our scouting radar for this year, but I don't know whether it's been confirmed if he's coming out or not. But I assume he's going to go back in. It makes sense for him. To they're playing it as if he. Mm-hmm. They're playing it like to what you just said. Like the plans kind of come together. They're yeah, playing exactly. it as if he is. They're like right, we can save him now. We can lean on Sermon. Yeah. He can come back next year. Yeah, and that's going to be great to watch. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Kieran, did you uh, raise your hand a couple of times, there, mate? Yeah, just about Trey Sermon. The, the the way the guy hits the second level when he gets out into open field, he's ridiculous. It must be trying to like tackle a wardrobe full of medicine balls. It's unreal. Like you, you it's weird because I know he's six foot one or whatever, so he doesn't look huge on a field. But the way he reacts when people try and tackle him, and the way he sort people look like they're just bungling all over themselves, dude hits like a truck. He's only like what two hundred and twenty pounds, maybe at the most. Oh, he's just a savage! Like it's one of those players you love watching because you know he's literally j- just going to um, it's just going to tell people to f off the second they try and touch him. Basically, it's almost like watching Derrick Henry. He, he's a he's a um, sneakily strong. I don't want to use sneakily athletic. He's a running back. Of course he's athletic. Um, yeah, he's sneakily strong. I feel like he wrestled or something in high school because the way he just shakes people off is kind of ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, one to one to look for as we move forward into the draft season. And then as we went through Master Teague, one to look out for next year. But let's move on then to week on... No, sorry, this Monday coming, sorry. It's, well, maybe I'm going on Ohio State's orders then, first of all. 
Um, yeah, Monday, 11th of January, as things stand, as this is being recorded on Wednesday. Uh, Alabama versus Ohio State in Miami, Hard Rock Stadium. Um, just looking, <laughs> it always makes me laugh on ESPN where it says tickets and it says tickets for as low as $890. Um, it always tickles me when it's a really expensive price. But yeah, obviously moving on into the final game because we've got no January bowl games, which we usually would have uh, all been cancelled. So this is the, the last game of the college football season. Um, which way do we see it going, guys? Liam, since you were the contrarian amongst us last time, are you going to stick with your, your guns and back Ohio State again? I said last week that if it's Alabama, Ohio State's going to be a lot harder for me to keep back in Ohio State. Um, it's it's tempting to do so just because I uh, I did start the year back in Ohio State and said that without COVID, they'd definitely be my pick to win the whole thing, irrespective of what Alabama or Clemson do. Um, they were my pick at the start of the year, so I should probably stick with my guns, but I'm tempted to go with Alabama. I think they're a different different class at the moment. I think that they've got an extra extra score in them. So you, you, you're switching sides now then? Yeah, I think, I think <laughs> it's head versus heart tell, at the moment. I can tell that you really don't want to. <laughs> I should back myself and say, look, I've, I said Ohio State at the start of the season, I'll stick with them. But um, Alabama have been awesome this year. They really have. I think that it's actually been a little bit under appreciated just how good their offense has been. Like in uh, in some instances, they've uh, been as good as any of the offenses from last season, including LSU. Mm. They they've been awesome. They really have. So I'm probably going to pick Alabama. Okay, just wanted to get a just <laughs> uh, you you didn't sound like your heart was fully in it when you were first doing your first rundown. Uh, for myself, I'm going to stick with Alabama. I have backed them all year. There's no need to stop now. Um, I'd be interested to see, as we mentioned with Clemson and uh, wrapping up Travis Etienne and keeping him quiet, I'll be really interested to see if they can do a similar job on Najee Harris uh, because obviously, you know, he finished fifth in Heisman voting and it was a massive shame that he didn't really make it onto even the top four, the top table of the Heisman voting because he's had an incredible season as well. You know, we've talked about him on our running back podcast, Rob mentioned him earlier. Um, The guy is super talented and, you know, this could be a game for him where he just kind of, you know, we've always been talking about Devonta Smith. He's won the Heisman now. And just to sort of wrestle away a bit of the, the attention, really. Um, so, yeah, like I say, no no reason to stop uh, back in Ohio State. Uh, sorry, Alabama now. Um, I'm going to go for... It's going to be a close game, I think. I don't think it's going to be out of hand. Um, I feel like, I don't know, around the mid-30s points for the winning side. Maybe just a bit less, obviously, for the losing side. But I don't think it's going to be a, a blowout either way. Uh, but, yeah, I think Bama take it and uh, finish the season unbeaten. What about you, Rob? I'll flip over to you next. Um, I'm I'm going to go for Ohio State. Why not? <laughs> 2020 has been a weird year. Uh, they've been allowed to get into the college football playoffs um, with minimal games. They've bent the rules. Why not? Cheaters never prosper, but Ohio State will. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a really good game. I think it's going to be tight. But I think as Notre Dame proved last week, Alabama, you can not not beat them, but you can get close. You can, um, you know, you don't have to get blown out by Alabama. I think Ohio State are probably a slightly better team than Notre Dame. I think they're going to be able to give a bit more pressure to Alabama, and I think they'll take it. I really do. I think it'll be a tight game. I think uh, Ohio State win by, give me four, win by four points. Hmm. Yeah, sort of a tight score. Um, it caused all sorts of controversy amongst us and none more so than Kieran. So what do you reckon, mate? Are we, are we sticking with Alabama? 
Yeah, of course we are. You, you, you guys aren't going to get this reference because you don't get the same commercials in the UK as we do. But never before have I been so happy to see Nick Saban in a blue jacket talking to a duck. That man will be the saviour of college football this year and show you that if you cheat, you will not prosper. I know what you said, Rob. It's 2020. It's been a weird year. Well, it's 2021 now. It's the year of the elephant. Roll, Tide, what? Fuck you, Ohio State. That took a lot, Kieran. As an LSU fan, that took a lot. I appreciate that. <laughs> You're welcome, sir. Go on, Liam. Um, I wanted to mention that after uh, this, following this bowl season and uh, Coastal Carolina, um, Cincinnati, and unfortunately also San Jose State all got beat. Um, that these two teams in the championship game are the last two remaining unbeaten teams. So the national champion is going to be the only unbeaten team in the nation as well. Mm. Interesting. Which is a, yeah, that'll be a big, uh, a big thing to have as well as the trophy, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That that kind of comes first, doesn't it? Um, But yeah, what we'll have to do is have to kind of mention it. I think, um, as Rob mentioned, I think maybe a mock draft next week is a good shout, but obviously we'll have to do a little bit of a review of this game as well. Um, But yeah, we'll we'll kind of see when it gets played. It might even get delayed if Ohio State get their way. Obviously, they're kind of campaigning for it to be delayed for, is it a week? Yep, until the Um, 18th. Until the 18th, because they've had a bit of a COVID outbreak again. Um, (laughs) Come on, Kieran, I'll let you come in at this point. I didn't think I could stop you much longer. Ohio State once again. Bear in mind, all the cancelled games pretty much have been down to them. They have once again flouted COVID regulations and then cried like babies because our players got COVID even though they didn't listen to the regulations. You've got to delay the game for a week. No, it's bullshit. You break the rules, you suffer the consequences, Ohio State. If you don't like it, that's your own fault. If I hit myself in the dick with a hammer, I have no right to go to the hospital and be like, oh, my dick hurts. I did it to my fucking self. You shouldn't hit yourself in the head, mate. Back yeah. Then, <laughs> or anywhere, really. Yeah, but, um, yeah, like I say, I think you'll be... What, what will you be? You'll be, you'll be apoplectic with rage, won't you? When uh, If they win. on the, I will have an aneurysm if they delay <laughs> this game. I will be so angry if they delay this game and let because it's that they've broke the covid rules they should suffer the consequences by the rules that they've been talking about they have more than 53 men able to play they have more than seven linemen able to play and they have more than one quarterback be able to play if they delay this game for another week straight up bs (laughs) I have got a letter for you to read out and I'm waiting for the day that it's announced that this game gets put back. I'm going to get you right on here, boy. Let's give out some handles and get out of here. My God. Uh, Liam, you're at the top of the list. Give us your handles. Where can we find you? Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Liam66NFL. Loads of NFL college football stuff. Loads of NFL draft stuff as we now get well into draft season with the college football season coming to an end. Um, Prospect threads. So endless draft prospects. That's uh, that's the place to go. Mm. Rob, what about yourself? Find me on Twitter at FFBritBaller. Um, still haven't got a new handle yet, but I will have by 
well, probably won't. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, look, we're we're getting deep in deep into the scouting stuff. Um, uh, keep your ears and eyes peeled uh, for news coming soonish. I, I assume. Um, but we're working on the grind back here. Uh, us five, and and yeah, it's it's getting good. It's getting good. Mm. It's getting draft season is nearly upon us. Lee Wakefield, you must be buzzing your tits off for this. Uh, it's your it's <laughs> your Chris, it's your Christmas time, isn't it? When uh, when April rolls around, yeah. um, the missus just dropped an absolute sledgehammer yesterday when she said we're going away for the kid's birthday guess what dates we're going away <laughs> oh really mm. <laughs> <laughs> i've had to like put my fist in my mouth and like, ah <laughs> so we'll see how that one plays out but yes um it's it's getting it's getting to christmas time <laughs> it is yeah second christmas um shame we we got a lot of useless wins that slips us down the draft order ever so much but um anyway we'll move on to that it's 13th pick where you all get you know studs like Aaron Donald and people like that. So, you know, lucky 13 for us this year, I think. Uh, Kieran, what about you? At DCCYT Football on the Twitter, you can see me retweeting pictures of the US Capitol burning down and chatting crap to Ohio State fans. And, yeah, just worth a follow if if they do win or if they do get it, just to watch the world burn, really. Yeah, if Ohio State somehow managed to pull a win out of their ass, you can come watch me have a meltdown because I can assure you, you will not see a fine. I'll be up like Donald Trump tweets. State this, this them winning would break me, and if I have to do that letter on the same day, it's over. It's tweeting in all caps. Oh no! All caps doesn't even make it. I'll be doing audio, and it would just be me screaming into a pillow and punching a wall. <laughs> Maybe not worth the follow then. Um, yeah, <laughs> and for myself uh, at Wakefield ninety on the Twitter, um, bringing lots of Joe Brady and uh, Brian Dayball hype, as I want them or either one of those to become the Chargers head coach. Um, but yeah, we'll be back tomorrow for the scouting podcast where we'll be giving you some interior offensive linemen. And uh, yeah, by the sounds of it, we're going to be doing a mock draft next week as well as reviewing the college football championship game. So come back next week and we'll hit you both of those as well as some defensive linemen um, on the scouting podcast next week. So fun-filled um, episode next week as well, or episodes next week, should I say. Uh, but yeah, thanks for listening again and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the podcast. For all your football needs, check out our website, full10yards.com, or follow us on Twitter at Full10YardsCFB. And remember, keep those eyes peeled.